Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Think Marriage is a ministry of inquiry for today and is hosted by Beth and Mark Tinsley. Weekly episodes present marriage-related topics using a combination of radio broadcast and audio podcast. Beth and Mark realize that they are an imperfect couple in an imperfect marriage in an imperfect world. However, they firmly believe that they serve a perfect God, and they want to share with you some of the life lessons and wisdom that He has shown them. If you'd like to learn more about Think Marriage, go to www.inquiryfortoday.com forward slash Think Marriage. That's www.inquiry, the number four, today.com forward slash Think Marriage. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Think Marriage, everyone, a weekly radio broadcast podcast dedicated to helping couples grow in their love for, grace toward, and patience with one another. I'm Mark Tinsley, and I'm joined on our show today by my co-host and wife, Beth Tinsley. Hello, everybody. Good to be back with you. On today's episode, we're going to continue talking about the H in our Think Marriage, Think acronym, which is Honesty. So last week, we talked about the matter of integrity and how that relates to honesty. You'll remember that we discussed why integrity is important to marriage, and we highlighted the three integrity terrorists identified by author and Army chaplain Charles Causey in his book, Words and Deeds, Becoming a Man of Courageous Integrity. So today we want to discuss the next topic under honesty, which is trust. If we want marriages that are defined by success, then there has to be spousal trust. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode, and we'll get to that in just a minute. And as a reminder, Think Marriage is a call-in radio show, so we want to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, or just want to say hello, give us a call. The call-in number is 917-889-3042. That's 917-889-3042. You can give us a call right now, and we'll get to those calls in just a few minutes. So let's go ahead and get started. And like we started off last week by answering the basic question, what is integrity? We want to start off today by answering the question, what is trust? Now, trust is one of those things that we know, but it's hard to define. It's kind of like when a child says, daddy or mommy, what is the sky? Or what is red? Or what is God? You know, these things in many ways, defy a solid, easy definition. As such, this is the case with trust. Uh, It's hard to nail down, but like 
the sky or red or God, we know it when we see it. But let's try to give it a definition today. And I, I was reading an article entitled, uh, What is Trust? It was a Psychology Today article from October 2018, written by a Dr. Paul Sagard. And he said this, he said that trust, he gives four different definitions of trust. He actually gives five, but I'm only going to talk about four of them here. He says that trust is a set of behaviors such as acting in ways that depend on another. He then goes on to say trust is also a belief in a probability that a person will behave in certain ways. Thirdly, he says that trust is an abstract mental attitude toward a proposition that someone is dependable. And then finally, he says, trust is a feeling of confidence and security that a partner cares. And so I think you see the words there, uh, confidence, caring, dependable, probability that someone's going to behave in a certain way, uh, depending on one another. I mean, these are the kind of things that we, again, we know about trust, but it's kind of hard to put into a definition sometimes. But I think, uh, Dr. Thagard has done a pretty good job there. And then I thought, well, I mean, you know, that's a, a secular kind of definition of trust. So I went looking for what are some scriptural, biblical, Christian, faith-based definitions of trust. And I found some pretty good ones in the King James Version Dictionary, the KJV Dictionary. It's at av1611.com. Um, but here's what it says there. It says a lot, actually. I'm just going to give you a few things here. But it says trust, the verb is to place confidence in, to rely on. Uh, we cannot trust those who have deceived us, it says. Uh, he that trusts everyone without reserve will at last be deceived. It says also that trust is to believe, to credit, uh, to commit to the care of, in confidence. Uh, example, trust your maker with yourself and all your concerns. It also means to venture confidently, uh, uh, finally, uh, the KJV dictionary says to give credit to, to sell to upon credit or in confidence of future payment. The merchants and manufacturers, manufacturers trust their customers annually with goods to the value of millions and so on and so forth. But I think between the secular definition and the more faith-based definition, the bottom line is this. Trust is the belief in someone's honesty, someone's veracity, someone's character, someone's commitment, someone's integrity, and so on and so forth. And in the case of our relationships, it's the belief that our spouse is who he or she says he or she is. It's our confidence in their being there for us and our comfort in their commitment to us and to the marriage. So you can see that trust is so important and it's so important for just a variety of reasons that it, it really results in marital bonding that um, where the Bible talks that two becoming one uh, when there is trust, this can happen because you, you have confidence in the other person and who they are. You have confidence that they're going to safeguard your feelings and your thoughts and your fears you have confidence that they're going to be, um, like the definition said, who they say they are. And that, that really brings two people together. And it increases the commitment and the fidelity to the marriage on the part of both the people. It's, it's like a glue that joins two, uh, two people together and holds them together. There's, there's a lot less uh, temptation to go astray or to 
to uh, give into temptation, um, to be involved with someone else or to not be as committed to the marriage emotionally. When there is trust there, it just increases that commitment and that glue that holds your marriage together. And that really will help see you through the hard times of marriage. If there's no trust there, when you go through hard, difficult times, it's going to be a lot easier to, to just kind of uh, stray away from it or to not be as committed to resolving the issues. Yeah, and I think that's so key is is the two becoming one principle. You know, if we're not, if trust isn't there, then two never really become one. And when the difficulties hit, we start fighting the battle as two different entities. But when there's that trust and that that commitment and that confidence in one another, then when the hard times hit or the the rocky parts of the marriage come along, as they as they will for everybody at some point or another, um, then there's not a two people battling it out. There's one one couple, one person, as it were, battling together as a team. Right. And that really creates just an openness and a transparency within your marriage, which then even further develops your intimacy. So it's this, this good cycle that keeps continuing as you, as we build trust between each other, we become more open and more transparent because we can trust our spouse with that information about ourselves or with those feelings And then that builds further intimacy. And when we feel more intimate with our spouse, we want to be even more open and more transparent with them, which then builds more intimacy. So it's this really great cycle to get into that just deepens and deepens over time. And and I think intimacy is so important in a marriage. And we're going to talk about that. That's really our, our eye in the think marriage paradigm. And so we'll get to that pretty soon. But, uh, but that's intimacy in a lot of different ways. And we're going to talk about that's emotional, spiritual, physical, et cetera, et cetera, intimacy. That's right. Yeah. And also, you know, trust is what God intended for our relationship with him. In Psalm 910, it says, those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. So, and it's just so many verses in the Bible about uh, that the Lord desires for us to trust him, to trust him with every area of our life. And so because that is the case, we can rightly assume that he wants and desires this in our relationships with our spouses. Since he's the head of our marriages, then we're going to model our marriage after his relationship with us. And so trust is, it has to be part of his design for our relationship. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you say, well, I think you're making a stretch there of the relationship between the trust, us trusting God and and trusting our spouse, but I don't think so because what's the relationship, what's the metaphor that's used between Christ and the church, Christ and his people? Mm -hmm. Christ is the bridegroom, the church is the bride. So there's a marital metaphor right there. So if that's true and we're the bridegroom, we're the bride, and we're supposed to trust him, the bridegroom, then it just stands to reason, it's logical, that in our marital relationships, which are a model of that mm-hmm. or a representation of that, we should have that kind of trust as well. Yep, that's right. So, you know, what's what, what destroys trust in a marriage? I mean, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this could come up with a, a list, but we want to talk through some of the ones that we were thinking about. You know, what are the, what are the killers of trust in a marriage? And, and I think one of the primary ones is lying. I mean, just constantly uh, lying to your spouse, being deceitful with your spouse, uh, not being honest, uh, holding back information. I think we use 
last week we talked about and kind of joking about Frasier, the, the, the television sitcom that was on in the 1990s. You know, it was funny. Everybody loved it. It was very popular. I think it was number one for a long time. Uh, but it was constantly people lying to one another. Uh, I think they showed pretty well in that show that lying doesn't typically win you. Uh, you know, Frazier was always losing out because of his lies, his brother and everybody would always, at the end of the day, they would suffer because of their lies. Um, but I, I would submit that uh, sitcoms aside, lying is not funny uh, when it comes to relationships. You know, you can't laugh off a lie. Lying is the quickest way to, I think, in any relationship, but certainly a marital relationship, to destroy trust. Yeah, because, you know, really, if, if, you're, if your spouse is in a habit of lying, um, then any time, and, and even if you see them lying in addition to just to you, but to other people, then you know that's, that's a, a part of who they are, a part of their character. And so you're going to have a hard time believing things that they say or that do they really mean that or uh, what really happened it's just going to erode trust very quickly absolutely and that again goes for any relationship but certainly in the marital relationship where you want the maximum amount of trust Mm -hmm. and lying is not going to do that and and along with that we said deceit but along with those two um, cheating and I don't mean I mean I do mean uh, sexual uh, infidelity. I am talking about cheating, but cheating in other ways too. Just, um, you know, for example, if you, let's say, um, you know, your family doesn't have a lot of food, uh, you know, they're not able to, don't have a lot of resources, don't have a lot of food and your spouse catches you going to fast food restaurants during the day and you're, you know, wasting your money on that or, or, uh, or sneaking chocolates at night when you're not supposed to, maybe you're both are on a diet and you decide, well, I'm going to sneak some chocolates. You hide chocolates in the cabinet and you sneak them during the day and you get caught doing that, 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 it, that erodes trust. I mean, it's a form of deceit. Mm-hmm. It's a form of lying, but cheating and certainly sexual infidelity is huge, right? I mean, somebody who cheats on their spouse is certainly going to erode trust very, very quickly and maybe even irreparably in some cases. Yes, I think so. And, and even, you know, that the, the sexual infidelity, um, it, it takes, can take on a lot of forms. It's, it's, Obviously, have you know having an affair with another person that that completely erodes the trust that that um, that oneness that is a result of being intimate with your spouse that that comes from that kind of relationship and when one person shares that intimacy with another person that will do so much to erode the trust of of the person that's been cheated on, but also even, you know, other, other ways of pornography um, and different things like that, that, or you're not maybe technically uh, cheating on your spouse, but, but you are uh, being unfaithful to them in what you're looking at and in what you're allowing into your mind. And, and that will really erode the trust of the other person um, in the marriage. It just, just in, in kind of a way that, other things won't. Yeah. And, and, and actually scripture really does tell us in the sermon on the Mount that, you know, things like pornography and lust after someone really is adultery. Right. So it right. really is not in, in Christ's eyes, I guess, uh, no difference. That's there. right. So, you know, lying, deceit and cheating, those are top three, you know, I mean, you, you, those, again, those can really erode a marital relationship to the point where in some cases it may be irreparable. I never believe that those kind of things can't be repaired in a marriage, but sometimes people 
get to a point with frustration and hurt and pain that they can't recover from that. And that, you know, we should be able to, as Christians, we should be able to come but it requires a lot of repentance, a lot mm-hmm. of time, um, and a lot of uh, re trust building as mm-hmm. it were. Some other things though that maybe you don't think about as much when you think about things that destroy trust, because those three, I think everybody would choose, but here's one that I, I suspect a lot of people don't think about. And that's spiritual waywardness, especially if the couple per- proposes or purports to be uh, believers and Christians. If you see your spouse spiritually wayward, um, maybe not devoting themselves to the spiritual disciplines, uh, maybe not showing a lot of fruit of the spirit, um, maybe uh, wayward and not attending a church or fellowshipping with folks in, 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 in the, uh, uh, in the church, et cetera, et cetera. But you see your spouse, in other words, turning his or her back on the Lord and just, living a secular carnal life, you know, for the believing spouse that's left behind in that scenario, um, that can be very much a trust killer because I think in the back of that spouse's mind, there's the idea, well, if he or she is not following the Lord, are they lying? Are they cheating? Can I trust them to do the right things? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have something, Beth? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. I was just going to say just, yeah, just erodes that oneness. And and for the the person who is still following the Lord, it's just, they're just kind of left with a lot of unknowns. And what is, what does my spouse believe now? What do they think about what I'm still believing? Can I trust them with my thoughts on this issue? So yeah, it just can lead to a lot of confusion and uncertainty. Yeah. I think confusion is a great word for that. Because I think with, with, when, when there's one believing spouse, that's following the Lord and the other believing spouse who spouse who is spiritually wayward there does. It leaves a lot of questions mm-hmm. and lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. Another thing, again, maybe some people might not think about is anger or mean spiritedness. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're ang- angry all the time, mad, uh, doing mean things to our, to our spouses or even to other people, um, that's going to erode trust because the question is going to be, well, if this person really loves me and trusts me, the way they say they do, or I believe they should, yet they're treating me this way with meanness and anger. Can I trust them? Because maybe what they're saying is not what they truly uh, believe. Maybe, you know, there's, there's some disconnect between their words and their deeds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can't really trust them with your thoughts and with your feelings because you don't know how they're going to respond. You don't know when they're going to lash out. Um, so you might tend to hold things in um, and not communicate as much because you're trying to avoid being in a situation where you're going to be uh, attacked verbally or, you know, things are going to be taken out on you verbally. So, yeah, it, it definitely leaves a lot of trust issues. And along with that, and I think a lot of people would probably list this one, uh, if they were listing things that destroy trust in a marriage is emotional and physical abuse. Um, if a spouse is emotionally abusive and certainly if the spouse is physically abusive, there's going to be again, a lot of erosion of trust because one of the things that a spouse expects of his or her spouse um, more than anything else is safety. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you're unsafe all the time, there's going to be very little trust. Mm-hmm. I should probably move that one up underneath of lying, deceit and cheating. Uh, but physical and emotional abuse is huge mm-hmm. and uh, and kind of related again would be another one that uh, I have listed here is, and maybe this is one a lot of people might not think about, and that is treating children with contempt. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's hard, especially for mothers 
when fathers treat their children with contempt or get angry with them or treat them poorly. Um, and that's going to erode trust, not only in the spouse, but in the children as well. And so, you know, treating children, sometimes we feel like, and, and I know I've been guilty of this sometimes in the past, but sometimes we feel like children can be treated, you know, not, we don't have to respect children as much as we do adults, but that's definitely not the case. We have to treat children like we do other people with respect and dignity and certainly love and grace and mercy. And when we don't do that, it's going to affect the other spouse, especially right. I think, I think mothers, especially. Yeah, I definitely would agree. Cause I know, you know, as a, as a mom, you feel like, oh, this child is a part of me. This child came from me. This child is, is a, is a gift and something that, that God created inside me. And, you, you know, as parents, we pour ourselves into our children and have such a tender love for them. And then, yeah, when one, when you, when one spouse is treating uh, a child unkindly or with contempt or with anger or whatever, it really does. It, it just gets inside you and, and it can really cause a lot of hurt feelings. And um, it is hard to trust uh, in that situation. So, yeah, I think that's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, another, and we, you know, this list can, is kind of a long list, but I think it's important for us to consider these things. Another one is not following through with promises. Um, I, I've had this with some people that I was very close to in my life that, you know, they make promises. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And and then they don't follow through with those promises. And I know with some of the people in my life that have done this to me, you know, not just one or two times, but people that do it consistently, it really, it really destroys and degrades my trust in that person to the point where I start to not believe anything they say, much less any promises that they make about things they're going to do or not do anymore. And so I think, you know, we've got to be very conscious that when we make promises to people, it's important to follow through with them, not only because it's a, it's a matter of integrity, it's a matter of honor, but it's also a matter of trust. Mm -hmm. I think this list is so important because, you know, I think a lot of times in our Christian life, we we tend to and you hear this in so many different situations, but we tend to focus on the big the big glaring things that everyone knows are wrong and that are going to hurt a relationship. But a lot of times we don't think about the little things or maybe the not so obvious things. So, you know, everyone knows that lying and cheating on your spouse, all those all those things are gonna erode the trust. But we we really do need to think about what are the other, you know, quote unquote, smaller things. So they're not really smaller, but what are the other issues that are really going to affect my relationship? Like being angry or ha having a spirit of contempt towards your children or not following through with your promises. I mean, all these things that maybe we don't really think about, but we have to think about everything we do and think about it in the light of how is going, this going to affect my relationship with my spouse. Absolutely. And then, you know, just because we have to end the list somewhere, we'll end it on this one. Uh, and again, we could keep this list going. And I'm sure all of you could come up with one or two things to add to this list. But uh, a lack of integrity and character. Now, what I'm talking about here, you say, well, that sounds like some of the other things you've talked about. But I'm talking about something slightly different here. I'm talking about when people willfully do things that are wrong, unlawful, that type of thing. For example, um, I really believe, now you, you, you all may disagree with this, but I really believe that things like, um, you know, disobeying the law consistently and flagrantly, like, you know, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to ride down the road at 80 miles an hour in the 55 mile an hour zone. My kids see me doing it all the time. My spouse sees me doing it all the time. Or maybe, you know, I'm just going to, and maybe that's uh, 
bad example for me because I do speed sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is an it is an issue. And but maybe more some more egregious things would be things like, well, I'm gonna cheat on my taxes. You know, hey, honey, uh, let let let's not really report all of our findings uh, and all of our uh, all of our income this year. Now, the spouse may agree to that just to keep you know things placated in the household. But how does that spouse react, especially that spouse is a person of high honor? Mm-hmm. How are they going to react? When they hear their spouse going, hey, let's cheat on our taxes. Hey, let's cheat on this thing. Let's not be honest with our, our friends and family about this thing. And I think in the back of that spouse's mind, again, if it's an honor-bound spouse, that spouse is going to think, wow, if he's willing to lie to his parents, if he's willing to lie to the government, if he's willing to lie to law enforcement, is he willing to lie mm-hmm. or is she willing to lie to me? Mm-hmm. So, you know, not an not an exhaustive list, but just to recap it real quick, lying, deceit, cheating. I should probably move up physical and emotional abuse uh, to number four position. Uh, spiritual waywardness, anger and mean spirit and mistreating children with contempt, not following through with promises and a lack of integrity and character. These are issues. These are things, among other things, that destroy trust in a marriage. Mm-hmm. So we need to think about how do we build trust? So we, we know what trust is. We know why it's so important to our marriages. So we really need to think about how do we build trust? Because everybody, maybe there's an exception to this rule, but everybody wants to have a better marriage. Everybody wants to feel more trust towards their spouse, spouse and wants their spouse to be able to trust them more. So we all need to take a look at ourselves and say, okay, what can I do to build the trust in our relationship? What can we do as a couple? Because everybody, we can always go deeper and deeper in our trust with somebody else. Um, The first thing we need to do is tell the truth all the time, every time, like no exceptions. Uh, We talked about this a little bit last week, why it's so easy to lie. You know, we don't want to hurt someone's feelings. We want to avoid conflict, things like this, but if we really want to build trust, we have to, our spouse has to know that we are a person of honesty who is going to tell the truth. They need to be able to trust that what we say is really what we think. It's really what we believe to happen. And we're not going to be perfect. We're going to fail at this, but we need to be quick to apologize and ask for forgiveness. But there has to be that deceit, that uh, the lying, it, it, we have to deal with it and commit to telling, be a person that tells the truth, no matter what the consequences. And, and I want to really highlight the all the time, every time that Beth talked about. Uh, and I'm going to speak to the guys now because I'm I'm a guy. <laughs> I think. Yes, I am. Um, I'm a guy. And, and guys, we struggle with this, right? We struggle with this, I think, more than women do because we have pride issues. We want to we want to uh, guard our we want to guard our, uh, our reputations, reputation management, an old pastor of mine used to say. And so we're, we're apt more than women again, I believe, and I'm not trying to be sexist here, but I do believe men struggle with this more than women typically that we shade the truth sometimes or outright lie to protect ourselves. And we can't do that in our marital relationship. We shouldn't do that in any relationship, but certainly in our marital relationship all the time, every time, all the time, every time, all the time, every time we have to be honest. So I just want to, underline that for the guys. <laughs> and that really leads into the next point is we need to be transparent. We need to, when our spouse looks at us, 
They need to see who we really are. And we cannot live a secret life in any area of our life because secrecy will destroy trust. We, we have to be open and transparent. Our, our spouse has to know that when they see us, they're seeing everything that's going on. There's nothing hidden from them. There's nothing that we're doing without their knowledge. Um, you know, this is such in an, the area of, you know, sexual sin. Um, you know, I think, a, a, and again, again a, a lot of guys have a struggle with pornography. I think it's mostly a male issue, but there are a lot of women that deal with it too. But they, a lot of men, lead a secret life of, of pornography or things in that area. Um, and that really will destroy the trust because you're constantly trying to keep that away from your spouse. You're lying to keep it away from your spouse. It's affecting who you are inside. Um, and then when your spouse finds out about it, um, that's, going to really, really erode the trust. So, but, but it's not even just in that area. I really loved how Mark talked about um, just the, the secrecy. And even if you're, you know, you've agreed not to eat sweets, but then you're in the cabinet late at night sneaking sweets, which uh, I have done in the past. That's very <laughs> convicting for me. Uh, very, very convicting that, that really, you know, that, that is deceit. And that's, I look at myself, I'm like, wow, I don't want to do that. I don't but I always saw the chocolate on your lips. So <laughs> I knew that you had snuck it. You know, that really, does, that's a character issue. That's something that I, you know, I don't want that to be a part of who I am in any area. So just, just being transparent and, and, and willing to yeah. look at that in every area of your life. I think secrecy is such a big deal. And, and, and guys, uh, pornography is a huge problem in the church. We don't talk about it hardly at all mm-hmm. in the church, but it is a huge problem. I'm going to plug our uh talk show, Clean Slate, because in season two of Clean Slate, which begins on May 28th, so just a few weeks from now, uh, one of those episodes is going to be with a Mr. or Dr. rather William Barry of Battle Plan Ministries out of Tennessee. And his the whole focus of Battle Plan Ministries is to help men overcome pornography addiction. And so we're going to dedicate an entire episode of Clean Slate to that because this is a huge issue and more churches need to be involved in ministries around this because the statistics are pretty staggering. Uh, Dr. Barry will probably share them with us, but it's well over 50% of men in the church who struggle with pornography addiction mm-hmm. to some level or another. Right. And it's just a huge issue with trust in a marriage. So it's definitely yes. something that needs to be talked about and dealt with and, uh, yeah, discussed in the church. Um, another way we can build trust is to just, just consistently demonstrating our love and respect for our spouse. Just in little ways, in big ways, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be huge. Uh, I mean, if, if you have the financial means and, and the, the desire to do it in some big way, that's great. But but little daily things that we can do to just show our spouse that we love them and we respect them. Just kind gestures, doing something sweet, like holding a, a door open or carrying something in for somebody. Um, just anything that you can think of that your spouse, you know, would communicate to your spouse. I love you. I respect you. You are safe with me. Um, smiling, even just a smile or I love you. Just saying I love you to them in different situations. There's so many ways every day that we can demonstrate to our spouse that they are important to us that we're going to keep them safe, that we're going to keep their feelings safe. 
And when we do that consistently, those little things really add up and just increase the trust in our marriage. And another big way is just to be self-sacrificial. It really goes along with the previous point. Just look for ways to serve your spouse. Look for, for areas that you know that they, if you did something for them in this area, wow, that would mean so much to them. That would communicate so much to them. You know what? You're so important to me, and I love you. Um, we all could think of ways that we, we know about our spouse, that if we serve them in this way, it would really communicate how important they are to us and how important our marriage is to us. So just looking for ways to serve our spouse and staying close to God. We, we build trust by becoming more like Christ. So, you know, reading your Bible, praying, uh, fellowshipping with other believers who are going to encourage you in your walk and encourage you in your marriage. When we stay close to God, when we become more like him each and every day, then we are more prone to do the things that will build trust in our marriage because that's, you know, the fruit of the spirit are all the fruits of the spirit are things that are going to build trust, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, everything. When we show that to our spouse, it's going to uh, build the trust in our marriage. Yeah. And, and the thing that Beth listed, I, I've conceptualized as something that I call triangle faith, like a triangle. Uh, triangles have three points, three sides. And so there's three points, three sides, as it were, to our faith that I think are so important. If we're going to stay close to God and stay in communion with him, that the first is Bible study. That's where we hear God's revealed word. It, you know, God's given us 66 books in the Bible that are revealed words, inspired words from him. If we read those, we hear him. Uh, prayer. That's our opportunity to speak to God. Also, we can hear God through prayer, obviously, but we also can speak to God through prayer. So we're hearing God through prayer and Bible study. We're speaking to God through prayer. And then fellowship is our opportunity to come together with the church as we're commanded to do uh, in Scripture. Places like Hebrews 13.5, do not forget the assembling of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. You know, this is the idea is that we are to fellowship with the church. And, um, in fellowship, we can we can learn from other people, be mentored, we can be held accountable, and all those types of things. And Bible study, prayer, and fellowship, triangle faith. This is how we stay close to God and therefore uh, stay close to our spouse and build trust in our marriage. And when we do those things and we draw closer to God and we have a an increased desire to honor him and to live for him, then it helps us to do the last thing that we can do to build trust. And that's just to commit to obeying the Lord's commands and following him in all areas of our life. It's choosing, even when it's hard, it's choosing to do what he has called us to do. It's choosing to put the other person's needs in front of our own. It's choosing to say no to temptation, especially like in those areas that we talked about pornography and sexual sin, Anything that we know, you know what, if we do this, even like anger, choosing to say no, to, to take your thoughts captive, to say, no, I'm not going to blow up at my spouse. I'm not going to lose my temper through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we say no to those temptations, we're choosing the better path. We're choosing to follow Christ and to say, say no to our, to our flesh, to our sinful desires. And we're saying yes to following his desires. And when we do that consistently, that becomes part of who we are. And our spouse will look at that 
and see that in us and see that that is our desire and see that we're growing in those areas and that that is going to build our spouse's trust of us when they see that growth in us because we're choosing to follow the Lord in every area of our life. Yeah. And, and folks, here's a bottom line principle of life, whether it's dealing with your marriage, your relationship with your spouse uh, or any other aspect of life. Uh, the closer you are to God, the better off all of your other relationships and the better off your life is going to be. I mean, it's the bottom line. I mean, you know, every relationship you're in, marital or otherwise, is going to be better the closer you get to God. Mm-hmm. Your job is going to be better the closer you get. I mean, the job may not change at all, but your perspective on it is mm-hmm. going to change because you're closer to God and you're focusing on God and the things of God and not on your own selfish desires, your own selfish burdens, all of these things, you're focused on God. And when we focus on God, when we get close to God, a lot of the things of this world just seem to pale in comparison to that and don't seem as bad. And then relationships just seem to go better because if God's in charge, if God's at the head, then how can things be horrible? How can they go bad? It's kind of like if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, how can you be demon possessed, right? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the old argument that a lot of people believe felt uh, people in, in the church, uh, Christians can't be true believers, can't be demon possessed. Cause if you're filled with the Holy spirit, how's a demon going to get in there? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I would also add to, to uh, be patient with one another. Yes. If you have been the spouse, maybe primarily or in a big way has broken the trust in your marriage, be patient with your spouse as you go to rebuild that trust. It takes time to rebuild trust in a person. So you, even if you have repented for things that you have done wrong and ways that you've hurt them, if your spouse doesn't immediately right. come back around and rebuild that trust and everything is just back like it was or even better, please be patient with that person. It takes time to build that trust. It takes time for that person to be able to trust who you are and that you're committed to this and that you, that things are better, getting better. And so be patient with that person as you seek to rebuild the trust. Don't get frustrated if it takes a long time because lots of time, this does take time to rebuild trust once it's broken, but it can happen. We just have to be patient with one another. Absolutely. And I think that's a great point to end on is that, you know, trust can be lost, but trust can be regained. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes marriages end, and I've done a lot of counseling of of folks over the years in marital uh, strife. And a lot of times people are quick to give up on their marriages. Now I'm not talking to, you know, please don't mishear me. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, people that are in physically abusive situations and things like that, but you know, barring any safety issues, uh, oftentimes trust can be rebuilt if both partners are willing to repent and both partners are willing to work on it. It mm-hmm. can be, um, can be rectified, but it takes work. And as Beth said, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen quickly. Maybe a lot of frustration um, in, in, in the rebuilding of trust, but it can be rebuilt because Christ is involved. If God is involved in the equation, then anything can be done. Right. And I think, you know, our desire has always been to be very real on this show. And, you know, so Mark and I have both done things that have, that have broken the trust in our marriage in different ways and in different situations. And, but through the grace of God, because we've been patient and we've chosen to work hard and to forgive and to keep Christ first, that trust was able to be rebuilt and 
you come out of it stronger and more committed to your marriage um, as a result of all that. So we've experienced it firsthand and we've seen God bring beauty from ashes. We've seen him repair trust in our own marriage. And so, you know, that's just encouragement to just to don't give up. All right. And we do have a caller. So we're going to, oh, the caller just went off. All right. We had a caller and the caller dove off. Uh, if you want to call back, we'll still be on for a few minutes. But um, just want to thank everybody for listening to us today um, and being a part of our broadcast today. Trust is a big issue and trust is something that we want to to always garner in our marriages, something that we always want to work on. And and it's something that you know, we've already said can be easily lost and it's hard, easy to lose, but hard to regain, but not impossible to regain. Folks, don't lose don't lose faith. Don't lose faith in what God can do. Don't lose faith uh, in what God can, miracles that God can uh, affect in your marriages. Uh, trust, again, is a big issue, but it's not, and it can be lost quickly, but it's not a killer. You know, you can rebound from a loss of trust. And again, like we said, we try to be real on here, and Beth and I have done things, like she said, uh, to lose trust, one, and we've had to build it back, but we've done it. We've stayed with one another, and uh Thank the Lord, because um, I think we have a pretty thriving marriage right mm-hmm. now. So, all right, Beth, any final thoughts? Um, I think that's everything. All right. I've enjoyed our show today. All right, folks. Well, I'm sorry for our caller. If you're still listening, um, we didn't get to you. Uh, I didn't see that you were on there. I don't know how long you were waiting, um, but uh, I was just getting ready to bring you on when uh, when you hung up. But that's OK. We'll catch you next time, maybe. Uh, don't forget, next week, we're going to continue uh, the H in our Think Marriage acronym. Uh, Friday, May 3rd, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here. Uh, we will be uh, moving on in our Think Marriage acronym, talking through uh, honesty in a third way. And I hope you'll join us. We, uh, we've loved being here with you all, and we'll certainly in- encourage you to be back with us, and we'll certainly be looking forward to the future. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.